The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Hi, Mike Gibson, Paul Rieker coming to you live from ACC 2022. Paul, you've got a fascinating secondary analysis from Cantos, residual risk in terms of inflammation and cholesterol. Talk to us about what you did. Sure, Mike, it's always fun to do these uh, events with you. Uh, it'd be nice to be at the ACC face-to-face. Uh, what we're talking about really here is residual inflammatory risk and residual cholesterol risk and whether it differs in certain patient populations, and the particular patient population we're interested in are those with and without chronic kidney disease. So first question would be, well, why? Well, one of the reasons is that patients with chronic kidney disease, as you're well aware, are extremely high risk in general for atherosclerotic events. Remember, our patients with CKD are more likely to suffer an atherosclerotic event or die from vascular disease than they are from kidney failure. And it's a population where, despite lowering LDL as aggressively as we can, we know it's a little less effective there than elsewhere. What most cardiologists may not be aware of is how inflammatory systems are very uh, powerful in the setting of chronic kidney disease. And we set out to actually test that formally. So remember, CANTOS is a 10,000 patient randomized trial of a IL-1 beta inhibitor canakinumab that overall showed we could lower cardiovascular event rates. And it's the proof of principle that inflammation inhibition really matters. We also had published a paper from Cantos that the CKD subset, it's about 2,000 patients out of the 10,000, had a higher absolute risk. That's not surprising. That's what we expect. And if anything, got a larger relative risk reduction from being on kenikinumab. So we've already done that in the past. What's going on here is we're very interested in residual inflammatory risk. We did that by measuring on levels of IL-6 and CRP as well as uh, residual cholesterol risk, which we did with uh, LDL and non-HDL. And the punchline, Mike, is actually pretty simple, but I think clinically important. For the patients in Cantos, as in general practice, I think, who have preserved kidney function, both LDL, non-HDL, CRP, and IL-6 are all powerful predictors of residual risk. So these are patients who we want to attack both lipids uh, and inflammation, no problem. What was interesting, however, and what makes this abstract kind of worth thinking about is that among the patients with stage three and four CKD, CRP and IL-6 remained very powerful predictors of residual risk. But interestingly, there's no effect there for LDL or non-HDL. Hmm. Now, that does not mean lipids are not important, Mike. Lipids are terribly important. And, we, and, and partly the reason maybe we've already lowered the LDL in these patients to about 75 or 80. Mm-hmm. But the point here is that we've got to measure CRP or think about IL-6 if we're going to really do a benefit for our patients with chronic kidney disease. And that is something most clinicians are not thinking about. So I guess the real question is, well, why does this really matter? It matters a lot. Uh, right now, we target drugs beyond high-dose statins. Everybody in Canto has got a high-dose statin. So already on that. Uh, is the next drug a PCSK9 inhibitor? Is the next drug in glycerin? Or might the next drug actually be an anti-inflammatory if your issue here is chronic kidney disease? 
We don't have a true answer to that. All I can say is that the inflammation seems to matter at least as much, probably more, than the lipids in that unique setting. That's important for patient care. It's important for how we think about disease. And Mike, it's really important for an ongoing clinical trial that we are running. Uh, it's a clinical trial called ZEUS, the Ziltavecumab Cardiovascular Outcome Study. It uses a very novel drug, Ziltavecumab, which is an interleukin-6 ligand monoclonal antibody. So it directly targets IL-6. And we're just enrolling right now globally. Uh, and the fundamental hypothesis of the trial is specifically in patients with chronic kidney disease. The very group we're showing here have this large residual inflammatory risk. So the entry criterion are atherosclerosis, stage three or four CKD, and elevated CRP. They're going to get randomized to this novel IL-6 inhibitor or to placebo to see whether we can do two things. Can we lower the cardiovascular event rates, which I think is what we're going to see, and perhaps can we actually slow the progression of kidney disease? So it's a very interesting trial with two fundamentally different endpoints, all about novel biology. So in some ways, this uh, the novel, this new uh, uh, evaluation of Cantos is trying to think through what's the next step for taking care of these very high-risk patients. Paul, before we have the answer to that, um, is there anything physicians can do right now to lower the inflammatory risk in these people? Absolutely. So first of all, I've said this many times before, but it's worth repeating. If you don't measure the CRP, you don't know who has residual inflammatory risk. So the first is we can't continue to just walk blindly and think, I know what's going on with my patient without looking. That just doesn't work. And I can tell you, as someone who's been in this field for 30 years, I can't tell across the room who will or will not have an elevated CRP, just like I can't tell across the room who will or won't have an elevated LDL cholesterol. So the first thing is we need the data. But Mike, you're absolutely right. If someone's got residual inflammatory risk with or without CKD, diet, exercise, smoking cessation are extremely powerful ways to lower risk. They all impact beneficially on this inflammatory cascade. If a patient's on a low-dose statin, I would push them to a higher-dose statin. Uh, if they can't tolerate a statin, I might consider bempedoic acid. I might consider azetamide. I think what we're learning here is that Patients have different biologic reasons for why they have recurrent events. And we as physicians should be doing everything in our power to figure out, well, what's the underlying pathophysiologic defect my particular patient has, and how can I best help him or her avoid coming back to the hospital? I think that's what we're trying to do. Always learn so much from you, Paul. Always more information on inflammation out there. Thanks for leading the charge. Uh, thanks for sharing with us today. And thanks to all of you for joining us here from ACC 2022. Thanks, Mike.